Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Welcome to another episode of Around the Coin. My name is Faisal Khan and joining me is my co-host Brian Romley. Mike Townsend, our co-host, is off this week. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Good morning, Faisal. I'm doing wonderfully. It's a perfect Sunday morning in California. A little cloudy, but... Nice. What's the weather like over there? Oh, nice and sunny. Summer's back. Yes, nice to hear. Mm. So, big week. One announcement, but big announcement this week. Wow. What what could that be? <laughs> I, you know, you've blown me away. You've been uh, sleuthing this Facebook uh, payments program. I really wish they created a name so it'd just be easy to identify because I, I call it Facebook payments. And that's sort of a generic name of all kinds of things they're doing in payments. Mm-hmm. They, you know, some people are calling it Facebook messenger payments, but irregardless. Isn't it a messenger identif- pay? Yeah. You know, there's no official title. Hopefully after the developer conference, we might get something. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel that was the bad uh, decision on Facebook's part, but who knows? Uh, but you called this a long time ago. I mean, you started sleuthing the money transmitter licenses I mean, how long have you been working on this project? I think almost four years, I believe. I mean, I was interested when uh, Facebook credits came out. Absolutely. And and I I think everyone had sort of decided that, you know, Facebook entering into the payments arena was a bad idea. Credits got shut down, so to speak. And, uh, you know, they said that, probably Facebook would never enter into the payments arena ever again. And I've been saying, no, 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 you know, just wait. It's okay. You know, they made a mistake. Uh, I guess they were testing it in some manner, but uh, they're back. This is this is actually, I think, probably the top, top five biggest payment stories in history, uh, primarily because the pervasiveness, the number of users, the ubiquitous, nature of what messenger is about in most people's lives you know perhaps i'm not a target audience for it but i know so many people who are living inside a messenger living inside of facebook and having that abstraction layer built on whatever hardware stack software stack that you're on is quite amazing and i think you know quite a few people in the payments industry woke up that morning got the information and hand planted their 
hand onto their forehead and said, <laughs> I get it now. I, I get it. And well, um, trust me, a lot of people still don't get it, you know? Uh, well, I, I know uh, between you and I, I think we've been chatting about it and, and, and putting posts up about it. Mm. What's, what was your initial reaction when you, when you saw it? Well, you I, know, I think un unveiled, you know, I think uh, I wasn't expecting it to come in March. Certainly not. Uh, I thought maybe summer, towards the end of the summer. I think we've already discussed this on many uh, podcasts that we've done, that, you know, it will be coming, they'll take their time, uh, and they'll announce it. Um, it. It's a big deal for the U.S. because it's the first uh, communication-based, uh, I am instant messaging-based payment system. Oh, I shouldn't say the first. The first was actually Snapchat's uh, SnapPay. Um, but, you know, for Facebook uh, or for any other payment system, for that matter, this is a first in the U.S. as far as, you know, having an instant messenger and having a, the ability to pay built in within it. Uh, previously, there have been payment, you know, rollouts, but they've all been segregated. They're all independent apps. They, they're just payment apps by themselves. And having a payment f function built into a, a messaging app on top of a social media app I think is a great, great value. Uh, China has already been doing this. We've already discussed this many times. That China did, oh, yeah. this, did this with um, WeChat and so forth. You know, ten cents. Ali, Alipay. Yeah, you know, ten, ten pay. Uh, uh, ten cent, ten cent. Um, yeah. And uh, and 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 mobile payments in such a way have always been happening. And if you're talking strictly communication, uh, even uh, ten cents example is a little far fetched, a little old. The originators have been uh, Philippines, uh, Africa, because this is where they were using the feature phone and using SMS, which is a method of communication, and using doing payments with it. So, Absolutely. So the mobile money in Africa, the mobile money in you know Southeast Asia, and even South Asia, they've been doing this thing for a while now. Uh, but you know to bring it on to such a huge, huge user base, a billion plus, is. I, I, you know, it, it just boggles the mind because I, I don't think so. There is uh, another example that I could perhaps cite where you have such a large user base and such huge opportunity for someone to come in and become the Goliath of the payment industry. Yeah, I, I got to fully agree with you. You know, it's been my thesis for a very long time that uh, payments is a form of communication. You know, I've been studying payments since, you know, 30, 30 years. But, you know, all the way back in history, Sumerians, uh, they're by the Greeks, interact the Egyptians. You know, it really was an abstraction form of communication. It always will be because essentially money is a uh, a representation of the amount of time and energy you have on a planet or how many uh, others uh, you can marshal in time and energy if you're owning a company or, or you know, an executive leading a group of people. But where we are with Facebook is we're really getting back down to that one-on-one -on -one communication that you had with the local farmer's market and the town square, uh, you know, 150, 200 years ago, even further back. And I think what really has sandbagged almost everybody in payments when this came out, and I was saying that cathartic moment where people were, I can, I get it now, 
is a micro merchant aspect of this. Uh, and I, I deem a micro merchant as somebody who may informally accept payments or formally accept payments. Uh, typically, the transaction volume is not terribly high. Uh, it could be less than $5,000 a month, but that's not necessarily the only criteria that defines it. It could be less than 50 transactions a month, but that's not necessarily what the criteria. It's, it's more or less a, a realm of business types. And over the last five years, six years, there has been a lot of activity, Faisal, in this micro-merchant space. In the United States, the best estimates claim that there's 25 million micro-merchants, not to be confused with the almost 6 million small merchants. And um, well, of those, and these are merchants that can accept payments. Uh, the U.S. Census Bureau tracks businesses. And the biggest failure of a lot of startups is they go and they look at that census data and they go, wow, there's like 50 million businesses in the United States. What they don't realize is a lot of those businesses are holding companies that will never accept a payment directly. They're combinations of other extracting a lot of that. You're not left with a very large number. So the 25 million and let's call it the 6 million. <clears throat> and I put a chart out there and one of the pieces I wrote for Quora that I picked up on Forbes that shows the relativity uh, of all of these categories. It also kind of flips a lot of people out about the volume of most of the credit card transactions, payment card transactions are in the top 100 merchants in the United States. And that's not going to change anytime soon. You know, it's uh, it's almost like the 80-20 rule in some regards mm. when you really look at it. Mm. But when we go down to the micro merchants, this is... This was something that PayPal liberated with uh, eBay. That was a, the first opportunity where the micro-merchant uh, aspect of payments came uh, came forth. But it was locked in the bounds of online-only transactions, primarily in, in the walled garden of eBay. Then Square came along. There were others, but let's give Square uh, their due. They came along and they really... Um, innovated around approval processes and uh, and ease of use to get retail micro merchants into the fold. And of course, as time wore on, this converged. Well, the paradigm was you you have a device that plugs into your phone and you swipe a credit card. That was the paradigm for a micro merchant. Sounds great. It's very universal. Problem is, as we move forward, that paradigm is going to be radically changed. It's going to be fractured. But let's just no go more, back. No to more swiping of cards, right? Swiping is gone, obviously. Square and PayPal tried to build a wallet, and they faced the whole chicken or egg problem. What's the premise of me building a wallet? Well, the wallet is there to solve a payment problem. Well, what payment problem does the consumer have? Well, we're not quite sure. But we like the idea of owning both sides of the transaction. Please use our wallet. Well, unfortunately, those wallet concepts failed miserably because well, of the just number. Just for Square, not for PayPal. PayPal's well, wallet is, the, is is pretty pretty darn uh, dominating well, in the market. You have to look at it from the perspective of what it should do with the number of active users that they have. Uh, the PayPal wallet at retail, I'm not talking online at this point. Uh, I'll, I'm kind of want to separate online because you, you probably have a lot to uh, generate with the online when we talk pre-show. But let's just lo look at retail 
retail transactions. PayPal Wallet didn't reach its um, its capability under the prior uh, iteration of the company. Moving forward with uh, the new uh, independent PayPal, I feel rather certain they're going to start addressing mm. this more aggressively. So anyway, we have these wallets, but the premise of the wallet is a wallet, and then you have to have a reason to have it. And unfortunately, that's not a big enough motivator. I've tried many times with lots of companies, including Square, PayPal, say, you know, you're starting with the wrong premise. You know, if you're going to try to get both sides of the transaction, first off, understand that the landlord will show up one day and claim this territory, whether it be Google, Android, Team Android, or it be Apple. And that's happened with an Apple Pay. It's going to happen with Android Pay. And uh, so now what have you got? You know, what have you built? So now moving forward, you know, you look at it and you say, well, what other premises one have? And we already covered that communication. And since payment is a form of communication and mm -hmm. since Facebook is really a yellow page directory and a white page directory, I'll use an old analogy. And when one tried to find uh, services that needed to be rendered um, for most of human existence, it was to open up what we now term as yellow pages, look at a directory and make a phone call. Uh, earlier to that, you would have a directory of business services that sometimes newspapers kept. Before the telephone, people like Benjamin Franklin and his uh, poor Richard's Almanac uh, had an advertising section in the back, which was basically a listing of merchants that offered particular services. <clears throat> as time moved on, uh, various payment and credit products came along. And, uh, you know, in the yellow page, when credit card acceptance came in, a lot of people don't know this. I studied this history. When credit card acceptance came in, the yellow page directories exploded in activity because it now allowed a certain class of merchants to advertise their goods and services to a wider audience because they can buy now and pay later. And, uh, and that's the premise of credit. You know, uh, debit is obviously not buy now and pay later, effectively, in most cases. And that extension of credit in the 1960s, you know, the beginning of it, but really in the 1970s and the 1980s, it exploded. It absolutely exploded. Um, a lot of services businesses took off. So now we flash forward to today. <clears throat> the micro merchant marketplace would not have been available for most people in, you know, in the old paradigms, the yellow page directories, or even the farmer market and, and flea markets, you know, that uh, sprout up around the country. Because a lot of these merchants were heretofore invisible and companies like Square and PayPal surfaced them to, uh, to awareness. And now we have the ability of this huge marketplace. So the, the, natural, uh, the natural transition is, well, where's the directory? Well, the directory is Facebook. Facebook is essentially either has these merchants individually as people having their Facebook account or as corporate accounts. So these micro merchants, what are they? There are lawn cutters, our babysitters, uh, our stylists, um, our small electricians, small plumbers. Uh, I, I like to use the service businesses because it's really easy to quantify but they're also the people that are selling, uh, you know, corn on a cob and, uh, and, and peas and uh, the woman that made a really great fudge recipe and she sells it on a weekend, Avon, um, all of these different people that are, you know, maybe full-time, part-time entrepreneurs 
maybe retired. Right before Facebook, the only way you could really get payment that was somewhat universal was to have a device connected to your phone. You swipe it and a transaction goes through. You give up 2.75% for the pleasure of doing that. When Facebook Messenger payments is available, it is a completely different realm. Send me a Facebook payment. It doesn't cost me anything. And friend me. Now you now you have a social graph, a connection between the, the seller and the buyer merged together in Facebook, which allows people to not just do a transaction, but to render a relationship that could be ongoing. And it establishes the criteria for the relationship. If you can convince a consumer to follow you as a business and you do the transaction in that realm and you don't disrespect that relationship, you now have an advertising platform to communicate with the consumer of your goods. Now, so you have two inducements here, and this is what a lot of people are missing. Inducement number one is for at least the time being, and I think probably much longer than most people imagine, Facebook payments for for most transactions is going to be zero. And the very simple reason why is Facebook, um, let's just say they negotiated very aggressively with the debit card networks and even Visa and MasterCard to get the costs for smaller transaction sizes much lower than they ever have been before in history. So their absorption of the wholesale costs is lower. But there's another aspect. Unlike Square, unlike PayPal, unlike Venmo, unlike anybody else in this realm, even Snapchat, they are an advertising platform and you could subsidize the payment by the amount of time that that person is essentially spending inside this Facebook infrastructure walled garden. Now, what does that mean? Well, you can calculate that every minute that somebody spends inside of Facebook, Facebook is earning X number of pennies or dollars, however you want to qualify that particular person. But it goes beyond that. Well, the ability once, to cross-sell is very, very higher, isn't it? Exactly. This is, this is my point because what the geniuses over there are really working on is creating a new marketplace platform and it's morphing in such a way that it's almost like nothing to see here, folks. We're just doing person-to-person payments. For don't now. worry about <laughs> it. Yeah, don't worry about it. But in reality, when you unleash tools like this to small, practical, and pragmatic merchants, they are going to make maximal use of it. The, the very first thing I heard from merchants who I've known for years saying, said to me, is there any reason why I shouldn't accept a payment through Facebook payments and uh, shield myself from paying, in some cases, 2.75%? I cannot think of one. A is this. Well, you won't get the analytics. We have the analytics. Well, a little too early to say that. Let me tell you a little secret. Facebook is going to be offering a tremendous amount of payment analytics, probably more than anybody's expected. This is not going to be just a yawn of a product. They're going to create merchant tools that will rival the things you see over at Intuit, what you definitely see over at Square and what you see over at PayPal. Well, I, I, now, would, I would even go in and say that perhaps they're going to invent tools and metrics on the dashboard that otherwise 
could not have been, uh, you know, could never uh, happen. Could not, could never be measured because that ecosystem simply did not exist. Exactly. So, so that's retail. Now, I want to shift this over to online. All right. So, I'll let you cover some of this because I don't want to talk the whole thing here. Online payments. I have my debit card associated with my Facebook account and stuff starts buzzing through my Facebook feed. Take it from there, Faisal. What's going to happen? Well, I mean, you know, first thing, I think they're going to do just the low-hanging fruit, which is the U.S. They're going to do person-to-person payments. If they were to extend this, they would probably take it to Canada, U.K., Europe, Australia, New Zealand, where they are licensed. Um, I'm not sure if they would be doing cross-border payments, uh, if they would allow that. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, it's still. Oh, it's, hold it's, on, hold on. Wouldn't a money transmitter license in in like say in the UK and the United States almost allow that? Isn't that it's right not there? A, it's not about regu- regulations. They have they have the ability to wire the money or send money anywhere. The question comes uh, that comes to mind is how much reporting would need to be done? How much uh, due diligence would need to be done? That's the main issue. If someone is doing, let's say, a hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, first of all, you know, if you if you're doing 150 dollars, uh, it's no no big deal. What happens when you cross uh, 10,000 dollars a month? You know, what's what's the additional verification documentation procedure that would have to put into play for you to uh, you know adhere to the laws of the country? So that's that's a big question. I think the 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 area where Facebook will most likely uh, tilt towards is the merchants that they have. Merchants, i.e. the businesses who have Facebook pages, they'll give them the ability to create online stores. They will even allow perhaps third parties like uh, Shopify who already uh, allow you to create an online store, but the payment is native to Facebook's uh, ecosystem. So, you know, Shopify or anyone else would just have a, a messenger account and, you know, you just pay through messenger and that's it. And there's one other thing I want to say that, you know, uh, I, I checked with them. I haven't seen any reply yet. But my, my my question, I guess, is: Does one need to befriend another person just to make the payment? I would I would assume no. That as long as you have access to the other person on Facebook and you can see him or see her or them, you should be able to make a payment. But I think the, the my na- understanding is that's correct. My understanding is uh, if if you can see them on Messenger. You you both will be able to have the dollar signs, and as you have the dollar sign appear in Messenger, you have the ability to send and receive money. Period. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting, right? <laughs> it certainly is. What is even more interesting is the fact that they actually made a claim that this is all in house, that they have not reached out. Uh, Adyen is their uh, preferred payment processor for all you know payment yeah. processing that they've done, and it's a uh, it's a little surprising they didn't go with them, or maybe they have, and, and Adyen is not uh, sort of expanding it out or, or, or commenting on it. But because it's all in-house, uh, I think you know it makes more sense for Facebook to reap in and save in all this small change that they can. I mean, it's it's one thing for sure because you know David Marcus's background he he, he came from Zong before from before he went to PayPal. And Zong was all about micropayments. So he, oh, yeah. he understands micropayments. So I think, uh, you know, going from micro to macro and everything in between, I think eventually the messenger will, the messenger pay will have it. And not to mention, we keep talking about messenger and messenger, not to mention they also own WhatsApp. 
So I think it's going to be a and natu- Instagram, and Instagram Inst- too. Yeah, and it's, it's going to be a natural extension of taking this payment method and just juxtaposing it onto the other properties. So you'll have a unique, you know, similar experience. I think eventually, somewhere down the line, they'll probably have to decide if uh, Messenger and WhatsApp are going to be the same app. Um, you know, I, I I I fully agree. I think that question doesn't need to be answered for some some time. I mean, if you look at how they successfully integrated Instagram, everybody thought it was just going to be a feature with inside of Facebook, and they wisely kept it separate. Mm-hmm. And and I think uh, the thinking is once a brand has some good feel to it. Why mess with it? You know, that's that's more of an egotistical move than it is one of uh, of a business decision. Well, you, you know, know I, I, I want to add one thing. You know, David Marcus did not just come to Facebook to clone a Chinese experience. I mean, <laughs> this, no I mean isn't that a first, right? Um, yeah. Uh, he is, th- their goal is much deeper. I mean, to be able to create a financial playground that spans the world for starters, you know, can be pretty darn intimidating. Um, I mean, just think about it this way. The world's top 10 banks, just take them up, add all their clients. They do not equal 1 billion, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So it's- Facebook's user base is, is immense and they plan to monetize it. And I think it's fair to say, you know, Facebook has what no other uh, payment entity has they have the behavior patterns of their of their uh, users. I want to let people know that Facebook actually has a couple of patterns from where just by how you navigate amongst within Facebook, what you like, what you subscribe to, what you type. Facebook can come up with a pretty good estimate. Uh, they don't give the number out as to how good it is, but it, it can come up with a pretty good estimate as to your net worth which is pretty yes. darn cool, you know. Uh, so they have all these, you know, the, these these profile and profiling that they do on you. And I think they're going to monetize it. And they're in no hurry. You know, they're, they Marcus Plus team is going to play this uh, smoothly. They're going to play their cards right. Absolutely no hurry. They will do it right because this is a one this is a one-time shot that they have. And, and what a shot they have, you know. Uh, you know, and I fully agree. And a couple of things. You you mentioned that you expected perhaps some of the partner. How profound, how profound is this the fact that this is to my knowledge and what I've heard that they've had a little of assistance, but most of this is done with an in-house team. How profound is that for the long term? I mean, that's a big commitment you yeah, know, to move and build this I, I think from square one. The payment aspect isn't because, you know, making it it's essentially a wallet, nothing more. Sure. I think the biggest concerns are, uh, you know, uh, identifying the, the product roadmap and and even more so how, because now money is involved, how can they be on the right side of the law? How can they have very deep visibility into the patterns and so forth of a person who's, who's channeling the money? How can they, you know, ensure anti-money laundering doesn't take place, or money laundering doesn't take place, the AML checks and balances are good, how can they adhere to the BSA guidelines and so forth? I think those are the things that they would perhaps be spending more of their time on than anything else. The building of the product, you know, I mean, we all knew it was coming. Uh, We all knew it would be a wallet. There was no surprise there. I mean, no one one was expecting a zebra, right? I mean, uh, (laughs) it's it's pretty simple. Uh, but But the question is, where do they stop? 
Well, you know, in my view, there's no doubt that this is going to become a merchant payment platform, no matter what the company will say publicly. Uh, we already covered how that organically will happen. I mean, if you're if you're a babysitter, if you're a nanny group, if you're somebody that's uh, doing the lawn uh, care for somebody, the pool guy, you're going to look at it and 2.75% is a big deal to somebody who's not having a very big business. Mm -hmm. Every penny counts and the simplicity uh, counts. But you made something that I think is very important and I think this is another hidden agenda we could tease out of this is that we're running into the realm where somebody's credit report, the traditional credit report, is becoming more and more less relevant and their social signals and their social graph is much more relevant. And we've had guests on that are doing exceedingly exceedingly well, utilizing that for credit granting, uh, payday loans perhaps, Mm -hmm. and for uh, credit collection uh, with uh, Ohad's uh, incredible company. Now, I see... Uh, another landlord coming back to claim their territory. Once you have people who are using you for a banking function and you have these incredible patents that you picked up, you know, very few people know about these patents, by the way, and it's really important to get out what they're really doing Mm. is that they're able to really know a lot about your buying behavior. Well, you know, things like household income, wealth of friends, the things that you like, uh, using image analysis, they have patents determining what the image is that you're liking. Is it a, you know, basically deconstructing the image? Is it a, is it a Rolex watch that you're, you know, clicking exactly. you know, like? Is it a quote? Is it a family picture? And they are, you know, and, and one would imagine that the the algorithms on the back end would be immensely complex to really profile a user's spending habits, net worth, you know, even just uh, putting up a status update. Hey, I bought the new iPhone. This is That's my point. Yeah. They're, they're what taking, I just they're, bought. Yeah. They're taking all this in, you know? You know, I think the, one of the killer aspects is, you know, we're in a bragging world with social media and we have this idea where people show the new car they bought, the new uh, pair of shoes somebody bought, you know, the new iPhone. Everybody is showing this stuff and what they're not recognizing is they're, in a very profound way, broadcasting openly to these algorithms exactly who they are in a financial standpoint. So the next leap to this payment platform is a banking platform where credit is granted, Mm -hmm. where finance is granted in real time, and the ability to collect on this credit is much more fine-tuned because there's so much more that you know about the legitimacy and authenticity of this individual. So the, the Facebook real name policy, the Facebook thing that everybody sort of like, well, how did it, why are they doing this? All mm. of this is, these chickens are coming home to roost maybe a decade <laughs> later. And this is the challenge, right? If one were to sit back, maybe ex post facto, maybe three years from now, and it would say Twitter, Jack Dorsey, Square. What, what went happened? wrong? <laughs> what ha- no, I mean, you have Square Cash. Yeah. Right, you have Twitter, and you could have had this type of platform within Twitter. I would say as easily in 2010, late 2011, that would have given them a tremendous head start. And this has always been—I I don't talk about this much—but one of my biggest uh, frustrations with Square Cash is the fact that they didn't do that, that deal didn't get done. I know it's based on personalities and, and, and grudges and all that other kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. but 
somebody should have stood up and took leadership and to get it done. Now it's too late. To be frank about it, uh, it's it's too late. And I don't mean it's 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 end days for Twitter, but it's too late for them to make a big impact with uh, Twitter payments uh, similar to this. Even if they were to acquire Square or, or use that type of system, it would actually at this point make better sense for them to build it a whole cloth internally, similar to what Facebook is doing because of the margins involved. You know, you cannot run this, I'm going to absorb all these costs. There's real cost to moving money into debit cards. There's real cost involved uh, from an interchange level. And unless you have the power to negotiate them, and the only people who have negotiated effectively uh, with the payment card networks and companies. Well, well, Apple first at iTunes Store. The iTunes Store was one of the first major retailers that got a side deal, perfectly legal, uh, because of the tremendous amount of volume. Now, we, we help build that aggregation system that allows, you know, Apple to take 99 cent transactions, aggregating them to like, you know, seven or eight types of transactions sometime later in a, day, in a week or month or day, whatever your volume is. But they also had to negotiate the rates down. What Facebook did, and nobody's reporting, but my sources are telling me clearly, just like Apple, they sat down with the entities that are involved and they said, listen, there are going to be some transactions going to be two bucks. There's some going to be three bucks. Um, I can't pay you 39 cents for that. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to make your debit card network, which is really kind of um, becoming less relevant online. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are the, 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 the true debit card uh, rails, uh, the pin-based debit rails, if you will. Um, and we're going to make it more relevant. We're going to send a tremendous amount of volume. Therefore, there's going to be more use cases for your member banks. The angle of this is that if Facebook is successful in helping the debit card networks raise higher in uh, visibility, all those credit union debit cards, all of those small bank debit cards where a lot of this activity is taking place will become much more vital and relevant. And it's not an accident. If you look at Apple Pay, uh, adoption. Credit unions are incredibly aggressive about getting Apple Pay adoption. And not only that, sponsoring Apple Pay events at their bank and they are sold out. You know, 150 people show up at a small credit union, you know, in, in Peoria and they all want to see how Apple Pay works. This isn't reported. You know, a lot of the insiders following payments are talking about imaginary security issues and all this other you know, stuff that may be agenda uh, uh, driven, <laughs> you know, and, and then you kind of go back and, and you look at the the way all these things are, are, are taking place is through not disruption, but through partnerships. Well, so, you know, it, I mean, Apple Pay is very young. I wouldn't, I, sure, they'll have their issues if they do, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I was talking to my contact on Facebook and obviously he's not in the payments arena, but uh he did mention one thing. He says, Faisal, you know, this is this is not that easy. You know, I mean, we need to jump our numbers up. We're going to take it easy. We, we are in no rush. It's been, it's been said many, many, many times in the organization. We have one shot and we're going to do it right. No hurry. And, getting, and it's not like, you know, they have 500 million customers suddenly. No, they'll probably have very, very few. Slowly and surely people will come on board. And I think the one thing that Facebook knows very well, extremely well, are who are influencers on their user base. And eventually, if you target the influencer to accept and use, let's say, the messenger payments, it has a, you know, a, a multiplying effect. 
So I think that is something they, they I mean, they know who to target. This is, this is like I said, this is the, the real realm where this is going to make a great deal of sense. And, you know, both user and merchant are going to be willingly participating in this. A lot of it's going to go organically. Um, certainly, at some point in time, there's no doubt that merchant payments uh, are going to have an interchange cost. But I would argue that if, it, if it's primarily going to be the systems that they're using right now, that interchange course, uh, a cost would be an order of magnitude less than what currently payment-only companies are, are, are working with. See, that's the really critical point here mm. is that you have – Apple has the ability, for example – if they really wanted to, to subsidize transactions. They don't need to because the adoption rate is so great. Uh, Facebook has the ability and they're doing it to subsidize transactions because this is not their primary business. It's an ancillary business. It's an incrementally uh, uh, incremental business that allows use of all other things that they're making revenues from. <clears throat> the problem that I identified for most standalone payment companies is that if you are going to try to make income primarily by taking some slim margin on the interchange, mm. you're not going to last too much longer into the future because the uh, the Googles of the world, the, the Google will get it right sooner or yeah. later. Yeah, right? a flat fee, five cents. What are you going to do now? Yeah, or, or zero. Yeah. Listen, it, one could argue, I can argue that if... If Facebook keeps it for zero, for sm most micro merchants and even person payments, they would explode and then charge some larger merchants a fraction of what they would pay in a normal credit card transaction. So all of a sudden you start seeing, you know, Macy's advertising a pair of sunglasses in your feed, click here, boom. Not only, not only do they have all of your data. Obviously, you don't have to fill out a form. Like, you know, the beauty of Apple Pay is... And, and not to mention, Macy's would most likely be a merchant within Facebook's ecosystem. So the cost of transaction is essentially zero to, to Facebook. I mean, it's just, <laughs> right. uh, you know, it's just uh, you're paying for the messenger and through your card or what have you, and they'll just take maybe 2% on it or 1.9% or what have you. Exactly. And, it, and it, it actually, in my view... It portends a future uh, that I think Facebook is going to be moving towards. And that's sort of a Pinterest version of Facebook that we should be seeing uh, for commerce. I think they're very wise in observing what other social media is doing. And maybe you and I are not incredibly big on Pinterest. There's a whole sector in the economy that are. And they will see this as a method. You see it, you like it, you buy it. It's just one fell swoop. Mm -hmm. And the, the thing is about eliminating friction, right? And once you have that capability, the the merchants are going to flock to it. You don't need to even ask them to join you. They just naturally gravitate because this is a center of force. And so I see, I see big retailers, um, the, especially the ones that are uh, astute, will they'll start sending things down your uh, your feed and uh, they will seduce you into buying it. And Any way, it, it, which way you can make money, right? That's, that's the whole thing about this. It's, it's, a revenue, it's a revenue system. And now Facebook, what are they going to make from that revenue? Well, first, they're making a double dip, right? They're making the money from that larger merchant. Let's, let's get out of the realm of this micro merchant. They already got that covered. They're mm. going to decimate that market. Unfortunately, for those who have counted on it, if you counted on a micro merchant, 
numbers of days are being counted. Next level is small and large merchants, small to large merchants. They're going to be ones who pay for entry into this. They're going to be advertising. So Facebook makes that advertising cost per thousand, cost per engagement, however model they wind up using. And then they click on it and they're making revenue for that particular transaction. If they're wise, they will make that revenue in a way that's more tied to the advertising aspect than the payment aspect. They might still say payment transaction zero, but when you engage through this advertising system and they click and make a purchase, we make X number of pennies. You know, I, it bring, brings me to two questions. One is how does Facebook eventually handle the volumetric problems that will come up? Customer support, <laughs> fraud, uh, you know, things like things of such nature. Uh, and the second is, would Facebook eventually become, in maybe a matter of not clearly speaking, but something, I mean, just imagine if Facebook rolled out an auction engine. I mean, you know, just decimate. Oh, my God. I mean, just decimate eBay, right? Overnight. Least, overnight. Overnight, right? Yeah. So, I mean, eventually Facebook becomes social media. It is already there. It's a search engine. It's, it's a search engine. It's a communication uh, platform. It's an advertising directory. You know, there was a, I forgot the name of the company that did the study, but they said, you know, when we go ask businesses, do you have a website? They would say, no. Do you have your own <laughs> domain name? No. Do you have, how about your email? Oh, it's a Gmail or a Yahoo or a what have you. Uh, well, what do you have? Oh, we got a Facebook page. There you go. You know, they all have Facebook pages. It's that ubiquitous nature of default. And whether you like it or not, this is what has happened. And a lot of people, on, uh, you know, that study this from a payments point of view, when they really get into the minutia of what we're talking about here, it, it almost becomes depressing because it looks like it's all done. It's all over. I, I, I think quite the opposite. I think Facebook is going to open up APIs we might even see it in a, this most recent developer conference coming up in the next couple of weeks. <clears throat> Those APIs are going to offer uh, systems that allow in-app uh, API connections to Facebook payments. You're going to see all sorts of infrastructures built around it. But the thing that they're going to take away is where nobody makes any money, and that's in the processing of payments. You know, the fact is everybody thinks that if they just somehow wedge themselves in there and create enough value in their service that they'll make money. I, I'd say that was true for a very long time. Today, it's more true to not even worry about that. Let somebody else deal with the payments. Facebook is doing that, but they have the scale to get, a, get away with it. <clears throat> so, does, so does Apple to some degree if they go closer to what Facebook is doing, which I don't pre predict. Mm -hmm. And so does Google, which I think is definitely going to mirror exactly what Facebook is doing. And you talked about customer service and support. And we talked about Snapcash. And, and things like that. The biggest failure of the startup community is the vast miscalculation of how important human beings are in customer service and support. You know, I, and it's a scaling issue. VCs don't like to hear that you're going to open up a phone room of 500 with three shifts. They don't want to hear that because it doesn't sound like you're growing big and breaking things. Hmm. Mm, sounds familiar. Facebook motto. Well, Facebook is silently growing an operation of phone answerers that are answering customer service and support questions. And that is probably predicated upon this whole uh, Facebook uh, messenger payment system. I'm, I've been hearing 
that they're expecting to have 1,000 seats available in two to three shifts. If that number is correct, their, exp- their potential and what they see as a potential, I'm not saying they're going to turn it on tomorrow, <clears throat> but if the insiders I know are, that are tracking this work in this particular sector are correct, we're talking about they're making a massive scale operation that uh, wants to make customer service a still an old school proposition. Hmm. Self-serve, when it comes to money, here's a fact, and it will always be this way, I think, as long as we live. When it comes to money, you need a human being. And I'll give you the scenario I give every startup founder, and I love their face when they have to answer it. You go to your bank account. You had $25,000 in that bank account. You go to it on a Monday morning, and there's zero. What do you do? Pick up the do you phone. email? You want, you want to pick you up the email? phone? You want to talk? Are you to sending someone? a Twitter message? Are you self-serving with a Q and A? No, you're picking up that phone, and they better answer it. Damn it! Really, right now. And if you can't find somebody on a phone, and it's a bank branch, you're waiting for those doors to open, and you're pounding the fist on the table. Where's my money? <clears throat> that will never change. And if you're in merchant processing. Again, I tell the startups that try to get into payments. If you're merchant pot processing and that toll-free number is not in the upper right-hand corner, mm. I don't care. No, no, no. Don't tell me you have to log in and be a merchant to get to that number. That number has got to be there 24-7 for every human being to see. And if it's not, I'm telling you right now, you've lost a lot of business and you will continue to lose business and you will reach what I call the glass ceiling and payments. And that is where all the cool cats... And all the people who are organically coming to your system reach a maximum potential. And then even with salespeople, you can't really get that organic growth anymore. It's because of the fear. But Brian, don't forget, Facebook has had the misfortune when they changed some privacy settings and so forth. Oh, yeah. That it went viral within their system of how much people hated it. So much so that Mark Zuckerberg had to come out with a statement and had to change some of those privacy settings and so forth. So if something goes wrong in payments and people are not happy with it, uh, expect it to go viral within the community uh, that they're not happy with it. Um, it would be inst- it would be a, a I mean, rapid I mean, fire. I would think would I would think fire. you know that at the end of the day, if you know Mark Zuckerberg and David Marcus are sitting, they would probably. I mean, they probably understand it now, but they understand the, the the potential that they're sitting on, the ecosystem that they're sitting on, the 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 vast amount of people whose lives they touch, and they need and, to and get I, and they need to get it right. And I, I mean, saw, right. I think you called it early on in this conversation, and that is they 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 are taking their time. They're slowly rolling this stuff out. There's no need to rush it through. And the user experience better be absolutely perfect. There can't be any mess ups. And um, this is going to scale very, very fast. And once it's out in the wild, you can't go back trying to fix it after the fact. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> and not, everything and, and I let's say not, is predicated and, on yeah, that. Yeah, and let's way. not forget they're sitting on all this money then. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and the thing is, where does it wind up going ultimately? I got to be frank. I don't think anybody knows, right? You're, you're mm-hmm. unleashing this uh, this wild genie and it could become all sorts of things. But I think 
talked about on our podcast, the idea of this new uh, banking platform, these new payment schemas mm. is coming to coming to fruition primarily within this type of system. Now, is it only going to be Facebook? No, I think Apple's going to offer a very unique adjunct to this. And another little kink to all this is I'm predicting that Facebook payments will be available through Apple Pay at some point. These things are not competitive. They're, they're complementary. Do you see this as a disruptor? Yes or no? Not in a classical sense, because we're yeah, not I agree really, with you. We're not replacing banks, right? We're, mm -hmm. we're really, the bank is still going to be there. They're going to embrace Bitcoin at some point. I think we both could agree at yeah. some at some juncture, whether it's via a Ripple or Stellar type of thing, I use Bitcoin in a more generic sense, perhaps Bitcoin Direct. But what we're seeing is it makes sense through the Apple model, not to put the record company out of business, not to mm. put the television network out of business, but to create a platform where there is true synergy in a classic synergy term. One plus one doesn't equal two, it equals 1,000. So if you create this platform and you take the existing players, this is the Apple Pay play, of course, when we talk about payments, you're saying, hey, I don't care what you're doing in the info, uh, in this whole uh, infrastructure, come and join us. You go and sell merchants on Apple Pay. You go and be a bank and sell uh, card acceptance. Everybody's in that. That is antithetical to the entire startup paradigm of disruption. And you, you, you probably heard me off the air and on the air get quite violent and vicious over the spoon feeding of disruption narratives to payment companies. I, I, I literally beg them to stop with this. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I don't think it's disruption in the classical sense. I think sure. it's it's just a regular product that just has a, a vast, <laughs> a very huge uh, user base, and the adoption numbers would be easy uh, because the cost of acquisition is hardly going to be anything because you know you just have to advertise it within the network. Um, but uh, we have a I, you know we had a question coming through uh, Twitter, which is uh, Yosef. Uh, I believe the word is popsy. Possibly yeah. so. Yosef is an incredible guy. He's uh, he's a he's a student of payments, and he I think he's working in payments pretty aggressively mm. right now. So he asks. So. He says the rumors of Messenger will become more of a platform for communications at the F8. What do you think? Will this have help FP payments? Do you think the Messenger will become a platform eventually? Uh, yes. Yes. There's I, there's no doubt. I I see Messenger as like I said before, an abstraction layer on top of any hardware that it's running on, it almost um, becomes irrelevant what operating system you're in or anything like that. This is sort of important because the, the quagmire that Team Android is facing with uh, an answer to Apple Pay, for example, mm -hmm. is how do I uniform uh, a uniform condition of devices, right? So you got Samsung that's out there saying, oh, we're going to do this. And you maybe have HTC saying you're going to do this, Zomi doing that. And they're all using their own variations and forms of Android. It's going to be hard to call all those cattle back into the barn. So the thing is, perhaps we might leap past that and say, okay, we're not going to worry about that abstraction layer down to the bottom. We're just going to look at this upper layer. 
Now, again, it's another landlord claiming their territory. <laughs> it's not just the hardware. Yeah. It's, but, it's but, who's the software. But do you think it's going to happen in this year or maybe next? I think we're going to be talking about the uh, API aspects of Messenger pretty aggressively at this next conference. I think they're going to talk about the future of payments and people are going to have their jaws drop open about how they're going to have APIs reach in. I don't know if those APIs are going to be turned on immediately, mostly because... Niagara Falls is going to be coming down and I don't think anybody's prepared for the onslaught of, of transactions. I literally think they're, of, not, I won't say they're afraid. I think they're unprepared for how quickly and pervasively app developers will move transactions into this type of realm. What, what do you think the consequences would be of having such a payment platform uh, to the traditional companies vis-a-vis uh, the likes of Stripe or, uh, you know, WePay and so forth. And and uh, what was the other one? Uh, Braintree and so forth. Braintree, Venmo and all them, uh, PayPal, Square, uh, retail, online, all. It, it is impactful to everybody in the payments ecosystem. If you are in one of these companies and you weren't talking about this for the last two years, mm-hmm. I, I, I really feel bad. You know, uh, if you're uh, a founder of one of these companies and you're listening to us and you weren't seriously thinking about this, and hopefully you are now, but if you're not seriously thinking now, you better because this is something that can take hold in a very, very fast fashion. It can obliterate all of the existing business plans that many of these companies have on a whole strata of merchants. You know, people would argue like in my in in my early incarnation when i was telling uh, people in the uh, banking world about how companies like square and paypal were going to nip away at micro merchants mm. a lot of them this were would be very marie antoinette oh, <laughs> unwashed masses i don't want them in my portfolio anyway you know which is bs it, it was one way of them yeah did they make a lot of money no but there was a lot of them there were it was like ants right some of them would say they're like ants but on the companies that took those merchants now there's a leapfrogging that's going to take place and for online and offline payments uh, and like well, let me call it, say online and retail payments you're going to be looking at well why would i want to use this particular platform well you know, first off, if I'm not, if I'm, if I'm a merchant and I'm paying zero and um, for the payment, I might even want to induce you to use this particular payment st- structure because I am paying zero. Now, does that mean a 1%? Like if you're paying 2.75 or and unfortunately online, you're almost 4%. Would you kick back 2% uh, and, and, and save that, you know, or would you kick back the whole 4%? Right. So if I had an online transaction and I had payment options and I had one button that said Facebook payments 4% off or 5% off, it, you know, and you're already in Messenger, you as a consumer are not going to think twice about it. That's, that's again done organically. Now, what if somebody gets involved in relationships with uh, Facebook where their advertising dollars that they're paying is lower because they're using Facebook payments? Hmm. Now, I, this is a little confusing, so follow along with me. Okay, so I'm Macy's, and I'm usually paying $1,000 per unit, right? Whatever that unit is and mm-hmm. whatever $1,000 represents. But if I link Facebook payments as the primary payment source, I may pay $800 per unit or $500 per unit. 
Now, one would argue, well, why would they do that? Because this is about scale. This is about growth. This is about convince a Macy's to prefer that payment. And why wouldn't they? Just because uh, they have access to, let's say, 100 million viewers in a particular country? Perhaps, you know, and, 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 you know, that, that's, that's where it gets kind of complex is, you know, where is this going to be when it is international? And, and this is really in your realm, Faisal. And I want to take a step back. Where do you see this going? I mean, when do you think it would become an international platform? You've tracked so all of all, their money all, transmitter well, licenses. Well, I've tracked them. I've tracked PayPal. I've tracked Google. Uh, PayPal was the only one that really had, quote unquote, you know, the, the nerve, if you will, to go ahead in international markets. Sure. And they really understood this because they've been in it for a long, long time. They understand the risks. But I have to say that they're not in all the markets, in very few markets. Yeah. But if uh, Facebook were to go in all to all the international markets, uh, cross-border, it's just complex. It's not. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just complex. Do you think it's solvable? I mean, I, I, I keep <clears throat> Absolutely. I mean, I mean, it, it's... it's uh, it's a whole le- a lot less complex than, let's say, doing DNA sequencing, you know. Um, <laughs> but, but yes, it's absolutely solvable. The question is, is it profitable for them? That's, yeah. that's what they have to say. Do we want to go into a market like Kenya or Ghana, you know? Would we make enough money over there? Are there enough merchants? Well, they are, you know. And, and, I think there are, yeah. And everyone <laughs> is selling through Facebook. Well, imagine now you you brought up something very tantalizing, and I don't I don't want to annoy people in this realm, but imagine if it becomes a a uh, an auction a platform a proper let's call it a proper auction platform, mm-hmm. and you have producers in Kenya and China and Japan and Korea that are literally the small micro merchants putting their wares up vis a vis kind of like Alipay was growing. Mm-hmm. Do you see that as a realm of possibility on an international well, scale? Alipay is, was still very, very regional. You know, I mean, it's China. I mean, outside sure. China, Alipay is not known. But I mean, you know, I, I always dream of the possibility of doing some form of a crowdfunding on uh, on Facebook. But there wasn't a payment method. But now, if you were to do crowdfunding on Facebook without having to leave wow. or go anywhere, oh. just donate five, ten, twenty-five, you know, buttons and just click, and it's done. And it's all. And, and Facebook is holding the money; they can settle, you know, uh, do net settlements at the end of the day, etc. All this is possible. I think the possibilities are literally endless. Um, the, it's just like you know, there's so much to do. They have to wow. prioritize. You know, they have to. You prioritize. know, you you blow me away here. I. I I have not thought about the, the the merging of a cloud funding platform within this infrastructure on Facebook. Imagine, I, 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 think, I don't think imagine so. A, yeah, I don't think so. They'll do it uh, in such a way. Well, yeah, I know. Uh, conventional wisdom. Wow. Conventional wisdom would say the Facebook Pay button would be extended outside the ecosystem. Sure. Uh, disruptive uh, wisdom would say we would bring those outside. Inside, you know, you know, it, it's really, it's really up to their. I mean, they have this blank canvas at this point, right? It's up to their artistic vision at this juncture. They look out to the world and they say, you know, maybe we don't have to be all things, all people. Maybe we just sit back 
back and look at it and kind of do what Apple does and Google does. Look at what's successful and find out what we want to bring in house and Borg it, you know, uh, acquire, you know, they, they literally could uh, acquire some of the crowd, but even notice, uh, you know, anything to their bottom line and um, literally own that market if they so desire and drive it with their own payment vehicle. Mm. Now, this is important aspect of those that are in payments only that say, you know, I'm safe. I'm safe. Well, not if they do stuff like that, because that was one of your customers, right? Mm. If you were the payment system that was operating that, and all of a sudden you're now out of that, that you're not safe. But this is not a, a doom and gloom. If I was a payment company today, and I've thought experimented this for years, but I, I put it down to about, there's really about 140, 150 different things you could do right now if you're a payments company to assure success in this new social media payments world. Mm -hmm. But 22, 23 of them are immensely important. Somebody on, on Twitter asked me about the square scenario. And I said, you know, it's not end days there, but you know, if, if, if there's people that are not disturbed and I mean, they need to be disturbed by what the outcome of this is, and certainly at PayPal, um, then there's something wrong. And But beyond that, the next thing is, I hope they walk down the same two years of thought experiments I did. They can take their two years. I think it might take longer, but uh, we'll see. There's a, If they don't start addressing these 22, 23 things, at least five of them today, I mean, not two or three weeks from now, but today, internally, uh, it's going to be much tougher. Is, you know, off is offline retail one of those things? Sort of, yeah. I mean, basically, the, the whole thing lives and breathes by your customers. And when you're in payments, you have two customers. That's the merchant and the consumer. Mm -hmm. And they are customers of your platform. See, a lot of payment platforms that don't have a wallet really don't see the consumer as a customer. And and and, I, and even most recently, I'm dealing with a lot of really incredibly brilliant payment startups. And you sit there and it's like, what are you doing with these customers? And it's like, well, you know, uh, they're really our merchants customers and we're facilitating. Go, Not really. You're creating the experience. And if these people don't understand the experience you're creating, then you're now much more generic than you could possibly realize. And what does that mean? Well, it means that you have to really thought experiment this out and understand what could I do to make it much more useful for consumers and merchants to prefer my payment platform. And a lot of people think that data is the way to do it or really sexy APIs are the way to do it. The consumer cares not of the API. They care of the byproduct that the API creates. And once you've honed it down to the most simplest elements of just your, you know, a, a card on file and a click here button, then what? If everybody else has that. See, what I'm kind of saying in a long way, if the common denominator is a click here experience and you have the option of uh, PayPal, Apple, Facebook, Stripe, uh, Venmo, Perhaps uh, we uh, Alipay maybe comes into America. Mm -hmm. Now, now, what is the defining point? Well, we talked a whole lot here about the social graph and your directory, but that isn't just the only thing. Yeah, but and, there's, you know, a, there's a difference, Brian. The other payment processors or payment companies, they don't produce content. Facebook does, you know. 
Uh, That's a huge, my point. Huge, huge differentiator. They rely that their their payment buttons are implemented somewhere. You know, Facebook already has. You know, hey, where do you want to put it? You know. <laughs> well, uh, absolutely. And, and so as a strategist, and, and that's why I'm excited, like somebody, again, a Twitter uh, message was, okay, you know, uh, we should mention all through, you know, m- myself, yourself, and we should all go to Facebook and do strategy. I said, you know, I'd love to do that. I'd also love to be strategy for an underdog, which is Square or, or, or PayPal right now, because it, it, it's not all over. You know, and and uh, but you should be concerned. Your spine should have been stiffened the moment you heard about this. If you have any realm of understanding in payments, and if you're drinking Kool Aid and saying, "Oh no, no, wait until you see what we got coming," my gosh, wake up, please! Yeah. You wait, know, this wait is, till you see what's coming, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so now, what does this all mean, like philosophically, to the consumer? Because we're talking payment. I think the consumer is winning hands down, period. Yeah, okay. So what do you see? I I really want, you're now in this realm and you're in your part of the world. And let's just say we're in this world now where remittances and international payments are borderless. It just works. What do you see doing to your economy, growth? And it's, it's, it's very difficult to predict. I, you know, payments are going to be international. They are becoming international. I talk to Bitcoin companies all day long. Um, six months ago, eight months ago, you know, remittances were not even on their radar. Today, today <laughs> exactly. there isn't a company that says, you know, yeah, 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 we want remittances. Why? Because the traditional Bitcoin revenue model that they had could not support them. So, you know, remittances will come. Remittances was something, you know, 10 years ago, even I had no idea what that word meant. I'd shrug my shoulders and I'd move on. <laughs> uh, today, I think everyone knows what remittances are. Money transfer in any form of manner, not just for the diaspora living in the U.S. or what have you and sending money back home. Anyone just wanting to move money from person A to person B. The needs can be different. Could be home maintenance, could be paying for a utility bill or what have you. Um you know, can I just borrow 10 bucks? Just giving 10 bucks, uh, gift vouchers, what have you. All this is just coming down, and it's coming down fast and hard. And I think everyone's trying to realign themselves. How can we make it cheaper? How can we make it more faster? I don't think so. This is the world of, um, you know, fast payments. It's the world of instant payments. The instant oh, yeah. messaging, instant payment. I think I they, love will, it. they will yeah. go hand in hand. So I think uh, it's going to make a huge difference. But, but, but I also am very practical about it. I think... Um, Facebook is not going to jump into international payments immediately. I think they will take time. Who knows, three years, five years. I'd be very surprised if Facebook got into remittances, the traditional remittances worldwide, under a three-year time frame. That would be, wow. that wow. would be, that would be a fantastic move. Uh, now, i got to ask you, because uh, and, and, you really understand this space, what transport mechanism would be an instant payment in an international environment? Would it be, like we were saying before, a Bitcoin-related thing? Or would they do something else that we're not thinking of? Oh, no. They would be, uh, there's no need for Bitcoin to come into play over here. Facebook, if they were to get into something like this, they would have credit lines or have their own pre-funded accounts in every country. So they would just do instant settlement. Uh, they just need, it's just a mess, you know, the the message that says, you know, 
person A from US wants to pay person B in Philippines, just pay. And Facebook would go to their Philippines bank account where they have the money and pay out and they would settle eventually at the end of the day and what have you. So uh, it I would manifest it would manifest as a debit card transaction essentially because it's 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 running on existing well, banking. Well, think of it more of more or less like this. You are loading a wallet and you're simply paying from one wallet to the other and you're cashing out on the other end. Um, so the, the money that you loaded in the U.S. is sitting with Facebook. Now, you've already paid out in Philippines. That's okay because you're Facebook. You know you've got the money already in, in, in the U.S. Oh, so, okay. So, so really, they don't need a, a payment rails. When you're big enough, you actually have your own payment rails. So, yeah, it, and, and we could pretty much assume mm-hmm. that if their plan is to become international, they'd pretty much do I mean, that. What would be a killer thing if it ever happened? I predicted this about maybe four years ago. I'm less confident now. I'm le- less confident on it now. But I, I always thought that, you know, Western Union would make a move and say, you know, let's go on Facebook, let's talk to them, let's implement a payment system that uses Western Union, you know, real-time sure. payments world over. They have the licenses, they have everything. We will use the Facebook ecosystem and drive remittances on it. They haven't done that yet. I mean, it's been four years. I, I thought I'd get some hint of it, nothing. Do you think that's still in the realm of possibility now with David... Uh, over at Facebook, or do you think that maybe that ship has left the port? You know, with, with this move that they've done with uh, doing it themselves, I think the ship has the ship has definitely left the port. All right. So now, what uh, off the top of your head, you don't have to be exact. What is the world remittance uh, dollar volume? Six, trillions, right? Six, six, no, not there. Six hundred eighty billion dollars. However. That's the official number, right? That's the official number. Isn't the gr- there under yeah. underreporting of it? So, so the underreported number is about eighty percent of that. So it's about so it's about one point two, one point one one point two trillion almost. Um, now, I, I want to keep you on focus on this. What do you think the possibility like this to take the unreported remittances and move them into a reported realm because of the simplicity and the guarantee? And the security of this system. So I think, Do you think it's possible. I think there'll be some spillover uh, from the undocumented to the documented uh, transfers, but I feel that there's a larger uh, market at play where small value transfers, things like five dollars, send me two dollars, send me ten dollars, send me twenty-five dollars, that would have an immense impact. I mean, there are various models on this thing depending on what the growth rates are, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But assuming you could send $5 for $0.05 cents across the world, the 10-year wow. model is something predicting you know, that you would have, and I'm being conservative here, a $300 billion economy. Wow. And the thing is, we start losing definition of what a payment, uh, a, a commerce payment is, a remittance payment is, and a person-to-person payment is, as we get into this international economy, and as the dollar amounts become you know, perhaps smaller, all of a sudden money is flying around mm-hmm. and the de- definition of what it is and that's becomes good. less relevant. I, you know, the more, that's a good thing. The more yeah. money flows, transacts, runs through, you know, back and forth, the more it's good for all the economies concerned. The more it's, you know, it, it barks itself, it's not good. 
I, I was talking to one of my, uh, uh, we have a, a group of guys we call the rocket scientists and they're not all guys, three women, but that's just my Jersey talking. Um, we, we sat and kind of talked about this a while ago, mostly in the realm of Bitcoin, but we looked at what would happen on a world scale if money was able to move instantaneously and effectively friction-free with very low transaction dollars. You know, the, uh, like I said, they're the just amazing. It is. It is. The possibilities are endless. You could get, you know, you could get, we, we've discussed this, Brian, you know, getting, sure. getting paid for writing an article, uh, just two bucks. It's not possible today. It's not possible to build someone in the US or UK or Europe for two dollars for an article you wrote. It's well, not- if you look at, if you even look at Fiverr, right? If you look at, uh, you know, crowdfunding uh, platforms and all that, really the the reason why they're constrained is because you can't really easily free flow. There's still constraints. Well, right? I think I think the one greater aspect that many people are missing is not the offloading part. It's the onloading part. When oh, yeah. you when you go to countries like Philippines, you may not have a debit card. How do you unload money onto the network? When you go to Kenya, it's M-Pesa. Are you going to allow M-Pesa money to move on to, you know, messenger pay? Uh, it's the attachment of the payment instrument that is unique to that country or popular in that country to Facebook messenger pay or what have you, that it's going to be the main, you know, that, that's the main question that needs to be answered. And if they do so, it right, I think, you know, sky's so- the limit. So we got to go over on the show a little bit about this because I think you unpack a really important point. And this could really kind of portend to where Facebook might become much more of a banking realm. If, in fact, the local unit of uh, transaction is not easily available, it doesn't really hurt Facebook to hold that money within the wallet and to allow it to be fractionalized and sent out for other forms of payment, uh, such as paying the electric bill, paying the phone bill and things like that. So all of a sudden we can see in, in some of the lesser developed economies where banking is really just not available, that very much like M-Pesa, it becomes a banking platform for the unbanked because now you have these partnerships with utilities, uh, you know, and, and other forms of payment, tax payments even, where you get money into your Facebook account and you disperse it from the Facebook account. It never touches I Earth think if you can. As good as an idea that is, I think it will be misconstrued in many, many territories. <laughs> I think... Yeah, so I think, that's you know, my question. How would, how would a bank... How would a government see something like that? <laughs> Some of them may not like the idea, even though it's very it's very unique. Because, you know, they, they like the in. They don't like the out. <laughs> you know, India, for but, example. India likes money coming in. Pakistan likes money coming in. Bangladesh likes money coming in. The Philippines loves money coming in. They don't want it to go out. So how do you if, restrict it? And, and if that method becomes the preferred method of payment, then, you know, the pundits on ground, the, the incumbents on ground, they'll, they'll start screaming foul. Absolutely. So the question is, if that money stays within the borders of that country, right? Yeah, and which is very it, easy it, to do. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And it, it becomes a, a force of least resistance only because the banking system isn't addressing these consumers. I mean, I think, you know, in those countries, the reason why M-Pesa does so well is that that piece of paper 
becomes a banking, a, a, literally a banking system. I mean, you're, that script shows that you have X number of dollars somewhere within a banking system and not uh, easily recognizable to people in the West, but absolutely recognizable to people in those countries. And that's a big thing because some of the countries that could utilize, and they're utilizing Facebook in a massive way as feature phones give way to smartphones. You have, you know, a, a $12, you know, Android phone mm-hmm. that's coming to some of these markets. There's no doubt they're going to have, you know, uh, these types of phones. And at Mobile World Congress, Facebook was right on the stage talking about, we're going to do everything we can to give bandwidth to the most undeveloped areas on these new smartphones. So you could see that the infrastructure is being built it, there's a there's a lot of agendas and a, a lot of ships flying in the same direction, and the carriers all behind it. The carriers are saying, "Listen, we recognize the fact that if we grow this correctly, we're going to be creating a, an entirely new infrastructure within these countries uh, that are underdeveloped uh, in banking and finance uh, that is heretofore unseen because you're taking." A, generations, maybe hundreds of years of leapfrogging all the junk that us in the West are, 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 are laden with. And I think Facebook is recognizing that. So look at it this way. There is, in a, I guess the right way to view it is, is there an economy or can the economy increase in size if we allow micropayments? I think the answer is absolutely yes in any economy, Right. So sure. let's say you go, let's take Kenya, for example. If we introduce an X system of, you know, whatever microtransactions, will we see a rise in transactions? The answer is almost yes. If you look at it on a world scale, if we do microtransactions, will it, you know, will it increase the value and volume? Absolutely, yes. If we make our systems talk to every other system, will it increase commerce? Yes. These, there are many aspects of trade and payments that are still missing, absolutely missing. For example, I'll give you a very simple example. If you have a small company in India doing outsourcing, it is very difficult to accept payments if you don't have a PayPal account. I mean, how are you going to accept it? You don't have a bank account. Uh, The other person doesn't want to buy you bitcoins and send you bitcoins. How do you accept payment from a company in America that says, hey, sorry, we don't have a PayPal. Do you take credit card or debit card? But I don't trust your thing, you know? (laughs) I mean, so you imagine how much commerce is actually missing out, how many trades and how many transactions are missing out in the billions. I can easily uh, say so. But if there is a platform that allows all these disparate systems to connect, to transact in a very efficient manner, I think you're going to see a tremendous increase in transactions. Well, absolutely. And, and I think look at, if you look at what these, you know, crowd, uh, crowdsourcing and, and on-demand uh, uh, platforms, marketplace platforms have created, just again, look at what Fiverr created. Mm-hmm. You look at how much money is being transacted that would never have existed uh, certainly a vast majority wouldn't have existed. Some would have been existing within quote unquote professional, uh, you know, uh, companies. For example, somebody might be paying $500 for a logo mm-hmm. instead of paying $10 for a logo, but there's other people who are getting things done that wouldn't have gotten done. Uh, you know, voiceover talent, video talent, for example, uh, these people were just un, uh, unattainable. You couldn't find them. Yeah. And so, but, but you, okay. So you, you got $15 for making a logo. The problem is, 
It's on your Fiverr card, which is a pain in your card. If That's you right. go and check the balance of that card, just, just check the balance of the card using an ATM. Chances are everywhere else in the world, you'd be charged $3 just for doing that. Yes. Yeah. That right? So you're now down to 12. So now you say, okay, fine, I'm going to take my money out. You put it in <laughs> and you type $12. Guess what? It gives you an error. It says, sorry, I'm going to charge $3 for the transaction. So 12 minus three is nine. Nine is all you got. And I'm going to decline this transaction. And by the way, I just charge you another three. <laughs> you know, you're down to nine. So the only thing you're going to do next is say, okay, I only got six bucks left, you know? <laughs> so it doesn't make sense. But if I can have that money come on my phone, it's in my messenger pay, and I can go to my merchant or my coffee shop and pay him through that and not have to worry about these $3 getting, you know, taxed out from my from my balances, that makes the whole thing just so, so good. Yeah, because they're getting full value. And what I'm saying or near is, full value, you know, near I, I, field, I, I, they're going yeah. to pay something, right? But what I'm saying is, with this type of system, we potentially are liberating new forms of talent and new productivity and new production I that think, heretofore uh, did not remember, exist. Remember what we say about Bitcoin? I think the best use case is still yet to be developed. Uh, I think something, I think something similar is 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 is, uh, is in the mix over here. I, I think that's the best way to cap this, Faisal. I think we're on to probably talking about this quite a bit over the next couple of uh, months. And um, we really want to reach out for people who have been motivating us uh, the last couple of days. Whole lot of questions. A lot of people wanted us to talk about Facebook a whole lot. I think we covered a lot of it, but not quite as much as uh, there is to talk about. And we'll cover it more in future shows. But as uh, Faisal has been saying, send your questions. Um, and we'll have some surprises in the future where you can participate more aggressively, perhaps. On that note, folks, thank you very much for listening in and we'll speak next week. Thank Take you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Thank you.